Well, a very happy Monday morning to everyone out there listening to the Monday Mornings with Matt and Kevin show. Well, Matt, unfortunately, is again ill. Uh, he's on the mend. I, I've been in contact with him. He's getting better. His voice is still out. He he had a rough, man. He, he had a really rough week or two. Um, I think everyone out there seems to probably be feeling that too. I mean, I know here in Germany, people have been sick and really sick. Like, like, they, like really in bed, you know, you know, for four or five days. That's just kind of how it's been this year. Um, but we're still moving forward. We're still going to have a show. And today I'm joined by my parents. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple things. We got, we got a couple things on the docket. We're going to talk about kind of like our ups, upcoming schedule, what our 2024 looks like as of right now. There's some really cool stuff coming up, uh, even series coming up that we may be doing every you'd be doing weekly, which is, which is really exciting. I know at least on my side. Um, and we're also going to talk at the end about what's going on at the border, um, in the U S to Mexico. And I know everyone hears that like, Oh, great. You know, more, more drudgery, more depressing talk about politics, but actually, and anyone who knows my dad won't be surprised by this. There is an actually optimistic take on what is going on at the border, which, um, definitely stick for stick around for that. And what we're going to do too, is I'm going to add in the show notes at the point where our political discussion begins. So anyone who wants to skip to that, go ahead. You know, it's obviously fine. Um, but before that, we're going to talk about, well, I think we're going to first talk about a, a show that you guys want to do that, that has been in the, in the, I wouldn't say in the planning, but it's been in discussions for a couple of years almost. And that is talking about a the Salesian yeah. method of raising children. Yeah, Lisa, do you do you want to talk about? Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll kick it off a little bit here. That um, we it was it was kind of ironic. We had the show. Um, I think it was on the thirty first of Saint John Bosco, and uh, this was Lisa's Fisa quick take, and it actually came from last year. And last year, at the very end, we said that we would have a follow up discussion on the Salesian method of parenting, and we never did it. We we never got our back to it even though I think we had the intent of doing it. And this year that St. John Bosco came up again and, and um, that conclusion came up again in the Salesian method. And we decided, Hey, let's actually do it this time. So Lisa, I think you've got the idea of, of how we want to do this. Uh, well, I have a, a basic um, outline written by St. John Bosco himself about the Salesian method. And I thought the, I, I love the way Holly and Mandy read their the book that they read on Thursdays for um, what is a woman podcast. And then they talk about it. And I, I just think it's a really effective way of, of getting a conversation started and, and you can't do better than St. John Bosco. So I thought we would just go through his outline and it's a very simple outline. He's written a lot more on it, but I thought the outline would be the most efficient way just to then, and you know, talk about what we, what we've learned and what we, um, Um, and what you know, you know, in real life, the real life use of St. John Bosco's method in an actual family, which is a little bit different than in a school setting. So, you know, you do have to make adjustments for it. But I thought that that would be a springboard. And it's a little bit different in 2024 than it was in the 1800s, right. too. So I think that that's part of what we want to be able to to put out there is the context for I mean, you got a you got a world absolutely gone mad, run amok, 
with no Pope and, and all that. And, and so how do you navigate through that using the solution method? And I think there's, there's just a, a tremendous amount there to discuss. Well, it's interesting. I mean, and I guess we don't, we're not going to get too far into this because we have a lot of other things we want to talk about. And again, there's going to be a, a whole series about this, but I guess, I don't know who wants to answer this, but, but very basically maybe in, in, in elevator pitch, what is the solution method? What, when you say that, what, what does that mean? Cause I think people have heard about it. They've heard of St. John Bosco, but what's the difference? What, what does it separate between how anybody raises their kids? Well, I think that um, for us, what was eye-opening for me with the first time I ever read about the Salesian Method, it was a, um, it was a little uh, pamphlet that we stumbled upon that um, explained it very basically in that it was educate, it was discipline out of love not discipline out of punishment. And I think that that is the bottom line of it. And how does one do this? Um, St. John Bosco, obviously, basic discipline is a very important thing to understand. But the best way to teach that and to make it a lasting impression upon a child is for him to learn to obey, for him to learn to, to act out of love. You know that that is the higher that's the higher form of obedience to do to do the right thing out of love for God, and um, as your as as a parent, you're training your children toward God, and you want your child to behave and to be good because they they don't want to disappoint you, you know, just like we should be trying to be good Christians and good people because we don't want to disappoint God. So it's, it's, that is, I would say the bottom line of what the difference is in the Salesian method versus, you know, the, the old uh, it, it, nuns with rulers idea of Catholic, right. of Catholic education. And I, that has, that has been out there. I mean, I would not say, and in my uh, uh, 11 years of Catholic schooling, I was never hit with a ruler by a, by a, teaching sister but uh but that idea is still out there and i think that um i think it's a good one to do away with for the most part and i think that's one of the things that saint john bosco believed too yeah and, and i won't get too much in the details here but i think in the 1940s 50s 60s we, we see where where things had, had gotten a little bit swung the pendulum has swung to the harsh and and kind of the rigid and cold um, it, with with teaching methods, you, you see that kind of out in society. Now they swung way to the way. other extreme, where, way to the yeah. extreme. Yeah, where where parents now feel like they are almost subjects of their children. The children are the center of the universe, and and I think the proper place is in the middle there, and that's really kind of what I think what we want. Right, to it's true. That's true. Y yeah, it, you don't want to swing too far the other way either. There are, there are rules, and rules are very important. Well, it's pretty amazing, too, right. if you think about it, that he was taking, say, John Bosco was taking kids off the street, you know, boys off the street and turning yeah. some of them into saints. I mean, yeah. so, so, I mean, obviously something he was doing was working. So I think that's, that's, that's an exciting thing. And I know that people are really looking forward to it. There's a lot of things that I want to know, because obviously I, I have a little boy and maybe more to come. And I know, OK, it's for for girls, too. But I think it obviously primarily he worked with boys and, and I I. I'm really curious because there's a lot of these things that as they grow, as, as, as little Basti grows, I want to be able to, yeah, to, to, to do these things. And now's the time. I, I know that, that, you know, we've had discussions lately with, with our group of, of men here at the church and it's like, okay, what do you do once, once a boy is a teenager and, and he won't, you know, you know, da, 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 da. It's like, well, oof, it's tough. You know, at that point, at that it's point, tough it's, by the time they're yeah. teenagers. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to start young. You, you, you win. 
battles, you win those battles starting about three or four years old. Yeah. And, and you've got until about their nine or 10 to really, really win the battles. And once they're 13 or 14, it gets tough. Yeah. No, no, it's interesting. I, I'm definitely fascinated by it. I mean, I, I, I would love, and I know others out there would love to do, just get you guys, maybe get you guys a couple other wise and parents on a, on a panel and just mm-hmm. say, do a, do a frequently asked questions from parents. Okay, yeah. guys. Okay. And someone answer <laughs> me this. And I, I, we, we joked before the show, like, okay, what do you do when you have a little boy who screams at the top of his lungs for 10 minutes at a time, just because he's angry because he's a little, yeah. Asking he's for a little call, right? I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, I just hypothetical yeah. question, hypothetical, <laughs> but, um, but no, it, I mean, it's, it's valuable stuff. I mean, what is more valuable than, than, having some good advice from a great saint on, on how to raise children. So no, I'm, I'm super excited about that. I hope, do you guys have a planned starting date? Probably. Yeah. Your, your mom's going to be um, actually going to uh, Wales. This is another one of the things we want to talk about real quickly. Um, to If anybody who follows the show knows that our oldest son, your brother, William is um, in Germany and getting ready to come back home after he's been there for about six months or so. And um, they're, they're Lisa and, and William are going to meet up in, in Wales and actually be in Wales for St. David's Day, which is the um, patron. St. David of Wales is the patron saint of the Davis family. And they'll be on St. David's Day, March 1st and um, be there for another week or two and actually be able to do a little bit of podcasting out of, um, out of Wales. So probably in all likelihood, as my, my guess is that we'll start this show after after Easter. And if it uh, goes well, it will, and the Silesia Method one goes well, we'll, we'll maybe start looking into, I don't know, Pope Pius Twelfth, or we'll start looking into this guy, John Rosemond, who who presented at the panel uh, conference a couple of years ago. I mean, we'll take a look at other subject matter and kind of continue the show on if it's successful. So that's kind of the plan. The Perfect. Plan no, that, no, that's exciting. We, we also, I also want to mention a, a show we have coming up probably here in the next couple of weeks with a, a good friend of the show by now is uh, Dominic over at uh, Maccabean Uprising. He's, he's been on the show several times talking about the <laughs> correlations between the Old Testament and the New Testament, between the Gospels and um, the passion of the, of the church. It, it's really fascinating. It's stuff that, that we've had a really, really good reaction to. Um, and so he's going to be coming on and doing shorts, uh, short little short five, ten minute videos uh, every week going more into the details of these topics, uh, something I'm really excited about because it's just to me it's fascinating and it helps me to learn more about the Old Testament, more about the faith. And it, it, it means these are things that, as he'll mention in every show, it's not it's not binding. It's not something you have to believe. These are things that that maybe he has seen or that you know other people in the church have seen. You know these correlations, but they don't they're not necessarily true. They're not you know they're not always from the church fathers, etc. But but very interesting stuff that I think will be thought provoking. So I'm I'm really excited for that. That that will hopefully um be a a weekly show so um that's another big thing coming to the channel um and i know you, we we've got another got yeah we've got another one yeah. big one yeah and and this is part partly by way of apology we, we were up at uh we spent a lot of time last last year uh first in june and then again in october up at, at the mount at mount st michael's and did a lot of interviews with people for the ineffectable series and and then Lisa went back and and um, did interviews um, on host making, how how our hosts are actually physically made and sent out to um, parishes. Super super fascinating. And then um, she also did an interview with uh, Anne Marie Netzel, who who gave up at the Mount, who gave a formal tour of Mount Saint Michael's, which is another absolutely fascinating thing. We've been kind of I don't know if I'd say sitting, but but we've not been able to get those 
interviews processed out yet. And, and I think that that's one of our goals for probably again after Easter is number one, we're going to take um, we're going to take the interviews that we did for Indefectible and we're going to pull out five to 15 minute segments and turn them into what we call uh, Indefectible Shorts. So we've got the story of the miraculous um, statue in in um, um, the mount, up at the mount. We've got uh, a miraculous death um, that uh, one of the parish members talked about up there and some other just fantastic stories that we're going to take and we're going to put into short indefectible, short indefectible series. So um, if, if you're up at the mount and, and listening here, we apologize. We haven't gotten any of this out there, but we are working on it and hoping to have it up by April or May. Awesome. Yeah, this stuff. It's one of those things that people don't quite understand how much work goes into this type of editing and yeah. having to dig through. Because I mean, you got to watch it through. You got to take it out. You got to put it in. You got to edit it. I mean, and, and we're all, you know, we're, we're working people here. It's not like we do this full time. So I hope people do understand that these things do just sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they, they sit around, but it's not because we're just being lazy. They just sit around because, well, we got other things to do sometimes. So, but no, that, again, that, that's, that's right. really bad. So, so one question, do, do they provide all of the CMRI um, hosts from the mount. They know, do. do they, ship them? they do from to everybody. They do. Wow. It's amazing. You're going to love this one. This is one of it was one of my favorite interviews. Wow, that's cool. And it's kind of you know how, how it's done. You know like these these videos that used to be on the the TLC channel or the Discovery channel that show mm -hmm. you how things work. I mean, what's what's more fascinating than seeing you know exactly how how are how how do things go? I, I would be interested. So this is an interesting thing. Sorry, I'm going a little bit off topic, but. We found here in Germany. So, so we had a group of priests visit us well, last year, two years ago. Now we had a, like a, a little priest meeting and it came to it that there was an issue that they didn't have enough mass wine. Um, hmm. Just there were, there were four or five priests and just kind of came to it. It's like, okay, Hey, can you guys, you know, kind of figure it out? Could you go to the store and find something? But it has to ha contain no sulfur. It has to be pure. Right. So it's like, it's like mm -hmm. grapes period. end, and, that is really, really, really hard to find. And so there are, you know, there are a couple right. vineyards that you can find around Europe, even, I don't know how many, maybe more than a couple, yeah. but, but it's very difficult. And it's just one of these fascinating things that the church, and, and if anyone watched the, the video about the church up in Olathe, how particular the church is, the Catholic church is it, it, as a whole and what it does, you know, it is, it is, has ordinances for everything. There are rules for every little bit of mm -hmm. what goes into the church it, it's absolutely fascinating yeah yeah fast at least do you want a spoiler alert here do you want it to tell how uh they transport the the priests no um, no you got to save that or we'll, because okay we'll no save that. it's it's really cool but i it's don't want to i don't want to tell it you cool. have to you have to wait it's yeah it's cool it. but yeah. weird <laughs> Yeah, coming soon to the Catholic. Oh, coming, oh, soon. coming soon. I actually, I, I think I actually know how. I, I think I know this story. I think I've seen it actually in action. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. No, actually, I do know that. Okay, perfect. No, it, it's exciting stuff. Um, well, and we hope as always that people stay tuned. You know, you know, it, we we all go through the doldrums sometimes. You know, and I think that that we've we we keep pushing forward. We produce content, but we have some good stuff that's coming too. And and as everyone knows, hopefully by now, we're going to try to do the the Lent around the world. Um, mm -hmm. So people can, again, they can contribute uh, readings from from books that have, you know, that should be Lenten. They should be something that is, you know, yeah, thought provoking you know, on, on the passion, etc. Um, it just needs to have an imprimatur pre-1958 
Um, it needs to have the approval of a traditional Catholic priest, or you can send it to us, and then we can try to get that approval from from a priest um, beforehand. Really easy. It's 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 something that, that we literally had children doing it uh, when we yeah, did it two we years did. ago. It was really we had children doing it. It's really great. It's really. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, a boost for people's faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's I a whole. It's, be, it's really it's wholesome. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really yeah. fantastic. It's it's these short little readings from all sorts of different books from all around the world. So please, please participate. Um, I'm going to try. But my goal is to get the a whole first week read by Catholic priests, and I hope oh, if nice. I do that. If I can do that, then people will get the idea. Oh, this is pretty nice. And then they'll, they'll yeah. contribute because we really need your help, guys. I mean, Lent is a long time. So, so there's a lot of days that we need to get content for. So we do need your help. Please email me at kevin89davis at gmail.com. It's really easy. It's not a problem. I, I don't overthink it. You can really do this. And we really want you to take part in it as well. So um, I think that's about it. Is there any other programming type stuff? I think that, that was... About uh, Paul Picard, Paul Picard um, put together, and we do have this. We lost it the first ah, time he sent it right. to us, and he he read out a um, reading from Cardinal Raphael Mary Duval, a presentation that he had made to who was it, Lisa? Is the the uh, women? Uh, women's it was a, a women's organization in Rome. I don't yeah. remember what year, forties or fifty. No, might it might have been the thirties. It was yeah. quite early, but it's a um, really really wonderful wonderful outtake. Yeah. from a from a talk of his yeah and, and, and... christian motherhood and yeah. I, I think it mm -hmm. and um in in the world at that time which is <laughs> you think about what the world was like back then compared with to what the world is like today but it's still it's pertinent and then some cool. you mm -hmm. know so it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful outtake but yeah. it's um it, it's we well, wanna, well past time to get that out there yeah and we want to produce it right we don't want to just throw it out as an audio so um we want to take and, and do that right so that that that's another one and then and then i also have i'm working on a um, top 20 top 20 um uh shorts that that would a lot of people probably have not seen the shorts that have gone out there they're fascinating they're they're really cool and um we, we got a list of the top 20 so i'm hoping to get that one out there this week and, and and again, I know everyone's probably overwhelmed by this point, but but it's actually something too that really helps me uh, and us. That if you run across an article in, you know, if it's Intro Ebo, if it's Steve Spiray, if it's Nova Sordo Watch, if it's CMRI, and you're like, wow, this is this is really helpful. This is really you know interesting, etc. And you think it would be a good podcast. That is such a help for me when people send me these links and like, hey, this would be a great audio. I will like sit down that day and make it into a podcast. I mean, really that stuff helps me out so much because I just don't have time to go around reading all these things. And there's so much material there. It's just incredible how much material there is and good material on these different po uh, blogs and, and, and uh, websites. So that is a really huge help. And that doesn't take you anything. If you literally, if you read an article and you're like, wow, that, that was a great article. Send it to me, please just send it to me, Facebook, Twitter, email you guys get the, the, the point uh, please please do that that's that's a huge help and it just gives us content that's that's easier to produce but it's still very um helpful for people who can listen to these things in their car when they might not have the opportunity to to read them in in long form okay so enough of, enough about the catholic family podcast mm -hmm. again if anyone has any questions or anything please email me kevin 89 davis at gmail.com dad we want to get into your into your hypotheses i suppose are, are your your thoughts on what is going on on the southern border and i mean it's 
it's hard for me because I, I generally the last year or two, I've completely stayed out of politics, like, com- right. like completely. I just don't even care. I'm just sick of it. But I've turned it back on because it's election year. And it's, it's so it's interesting now. And, and I hear all these things of, you know, the U.S. bombing Syria and Iraq, you know, and, and, and pretty much you're at war in at the southern border and, and you have the feds fighting the the local, you know, law enforcement, et cetera. So so how on earth can you take an optimistic approach to this? Uh, I'm, I'm truly curious. OK, yeah, absolutely. Maybe it's because I'm I'm more deep into it. We, we watch sure. a lot of this at, you know, at night and whatnot. But um, the a quick background on what's going on at the border here is is you've got um, the, the state of, of Texas has been trying to shore up its border. Uh, the, 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 this huge influx of of um, of immigrants and they're from all over the world. They, these are fighting age men, a lot of them. And they're, these they're are not, not just, just immigrants. These are, these are illegal. Right. Aliens. They're illegals. Yeah. Legal aliens. And they're coming from, you know, Honduras and they're coming from South America and Africa and I mean, all over the world. And it's really a, a terrible, terrible thing. And so what, what happened to begin with is Texas basically said, you know, we're not going to deal with this all ourselves. We're going to send them to our sanctuary cities. You know, these <laughs> liberal feel good, um, places that thought, oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're good people. We'll pat our virtue signaling and we're going to, we're going to be a sanctuary city for illegals. So Texas said, fine, we're going to send you the illegals. And now these illegals are going to places like Chicago and New York and, and the Massachusetts, Boston, and the, the feel good liberals are like, uh, we don't want them because now they're taking over our schools and they're, they're getting all of our resources and driving the prices of things up and taking our jobs and, and all that. And, and so, um, and crime they're bringing crime yeah you yeah you had a big big time case the other day where a, a kid uh, attacked two policemen got sent to jail was let out on, without bail just let out and came out they had cameras on him he flipped off the cameras and, and i mean this was like i think it was in boston if i'm not mistaken okay. somewhere in the east and um just walked away and so you, you got the, uh, this horrible stuff going on but Back to the the border, Texas is trying to shore up its border, and what it's doing is it's putting up um, razor wire, and and um, especially at this one place called Eagle Pass, which is where uh, near the Rio Grande, where where a lot of of uh, the immigrants are coming from, and um, the the Biden administration basically ordered the border patrol down down uh, the federal border patrol to go down and cut the razor wire to let these people in. So I mean, it's as obvious as can be that the liberals that the biden administration and you know it's not i don't even blame joe biden he's just a vegetable basically at this point but um whoever's pulling his strings want this immigration flood coming in and they want to cause trouble down at the border you know with the state officials so you've got this this um um it went there's a a case pending um, in lower court that um, Texas is trying to stop them from cutting the wire and it's held up in court. Well, in the meantime, the case got taken to the Supreme Court and Supreme Court told basically ruled that it was OK for the feds to be cutting the wire, at least while this lower court case was making its way through. And so they ruled in favor of the feds. Well, the state of Texas just basically said, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to let them in. We're not going to, you know. Um, we're not going to tear down this this wire. And so the governor got into it. And uh, basically, I, I think at some point he he accused the federal um, uh, government of dereliction of duty. And and um, so now you got this little bit of a, of a war going down and a bit of a standoff. Now, the, the concern, what, what a lot of people are concerned about is that 
Joe Biden or his handlers, they're, they're going to federalize the the National Guard, which he does have the authority to do. It's been done before. However, when the president nationalizes the federal the, the National Guard or federalizes the National Guard, it's because they're doing it in order to protect the sovereignty of the United States. Well, here they're talking about actually federalizing the National Guard to undermine the security of the United States, which is just the craziest, craziest thing. Well, the Border Patrol um, came out and and I'm not even sure how high up the rank it was, but basically they wrote an open letter to um, Joe Biden, to the Biden administration, um, first part of last week, I think, and basically said that we, under no circumstances, we will not obey any unconstitutional orders from the from the Biden administration. And so basically now you have the National Guard working on behalf of um, Texas. Texas actually has its own standing military. Most people don't realize that. Um, you've got the Florida National Guard uh, from, from Ron DeSantis, who who is like the world's worst um, presidential candidate, but an awesome Great governor. governor. Yeah. Great governor. And uh, he sent, and it's crazy. He gave up his presidential campaign, and now he's back to being a great governor. And he's a great governor, but he sent um, his national guard down to Texas. So you've got all these resources, basically, and then truckers and all kinds of other things down at the border. And they're kind of waiting to see what the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve, could they could send the art, the military in. Now, granted, they'd be breaking all kinds of constitutional law by by doing it. But I mean, the the fear is that there's going to be civil war there's going to be basically a hot war down there and that 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 um i, I know some tim pool and some of the others are out there really thinking hey we're really close to our fort sumter moment this might be our fort sumter moment and uh, we're, we're heading towards civil war but um i think that that for me at least <clears throat> i don't see a scenario playing out where you would actually have americans firing on americans i just i just don't see it i mean these these are all Not text Nope. Unless it's fabricated. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. for Joe Biden, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, what I, I I just can't imagine anyone in the military being like, yep, I'll, I'll shoot an American for letting, you know, to, to guard the country. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, what, what are you, yeah. what are you doing it for? I mean, at least with the civil war, there were, there were much, there was much more at stake. I mean, there was a reason right. why the people thought they were, you know, d defending their States or, or whatever. This is a, yeah, I just want to let in illegals and, you know, I love my Biden. I, 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 yeah. I, Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's, now the fear, the, the fear is, especially with, you know, where you had the truckers in Canada a few years ago that uh, went to Ottawa and basically shut down the, the government there. And, and uh, you know, Justin Trudeau went and, and, and arrested them and and for a lot of them he shut down their bank accounts but i think what the fear is here is that basically you're gonna get the, like january 6th here in america you're gonna get the um you're gonna get the uh, feds down there in disguise wearing mega hats or something like that and they're gonna start opening fire on immigrants or or something like they're gonna cause a scene and they're gonna turn sentiment against the um the, the mega and against the national guard and j6 part and, two J six part two, yeah, is, I think is is the fear. That's the down word. there, right, right, and and I think that that's that's kind of, but but the 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 crazy part about it, I think, is that we're at the point now. It used to be that that the government could pull off this kind of thing, and we didn't see it coming, and and um, they they always had this element of surprise, and now I think everybody's so on guard that we know their game. 
now and i think everybody's kind of expecting this to happen and and when you call it out when you expect it typically more often than not it doesn't happen or when it does you know then then people are going to find out who this person is um or who the the group is that's that's doing the evil deeds down at the um down at the border and call them out and show hey this is a psyop or this is the government at work or something like that and so i think that what I, I think it was Steve Turley who called these antics uh, of the left now to try to win this next election, wily coyote type <laughs> type antics, and 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 I think that that's what we're down to is that that basically the left is is I mean these are you're talking about people here who who have a lust for power they they, they worship power like we worship God they worship power, and they're about on the verge of losing it, and, uh, and I think that that's where. I get kind of white pilled. I look all around the world, a little bit bigger picture here. I look around the world and I see countries like uh, Hungary a while back with Victor Orban, um, Georgia Maloney in, in Italy, this, this guy, um, Javier Malay in Argentina. There, there's a guy in um, El Salvador. I just heard about this the other day. A guy, a guy in El Salvador. Bitcoin is their national remember. currency in El Salvador. Yeah. And this, and he's got a funny name, but um, I don't see it here. But um, he's got he's got ninety percent approval rating, and he's just about to be reelected again. They've basically gutted the MS thirteen gang, which which um, originated down in El Salvador. And I mean, people don't even see this, but there's another country that has gone from darkness to light, and Hungary, Poland, darkness to light. Uh, Argentina is in the process of going darkness to light. And I think that that's kind of what we're seeing at this point. My my personal opinion, I tend to be an optimist on this, but I think that we are kind of going darkness to light here in America. And what you're seeing is basically, I, I think that um, with the Biden administration, they're they're in the fourth quarter. They had two minutes left. They're down three touchdowns, and you know they're just throwing hail mary passes and and trying to see what they can do to to score. Whether it's a new war in Iran, it's a new war in Syria, Ukraine, it's a war down at the border. It's a economic collapse. It's a it's a grid down. I mean, whatever they can do to try to stay in power, but they're down to I mean, just you know, fumes running on fumes of of their power. And I think at this point that that Donald Trump and and, and basically a new day of at least I mean, say what you want about Trump, he's not perfect, obviously, but um, but basically a moral based nationalistic pride in your country type of a um, conservatism getting ready to take over in America and, and elsewhere around the world. So that, that's kind of where I think we are. Well, I mean, compared to what it is now, I mean, I, you look at you look at what's going on under Biden, and it, it reminds me a lot of what's been going on in Germany for the last upteen years. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's this. Yeah, it's this chaos. It's this it's it's really it truly it's the opposite of nationalism, which whatever that is, I, I suppose mm -hmm. it's just hatred of yourselves, of your country, hatred of, mm -hmm. of your own people. And, and, and I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong. Anyone who watches this show knows I am not a white nationalist. I'm not, but, it, but there should be, of course, a pride in, in your country and you should right. want your country to be first. That's just, I mean, mm -hmm. that's so common sense. That's like, and that doesn't mean to the exclusion of others. It doesn't mean to go and dominate others or to, you know, to bomb them, et cetera. But, but you should want your country to be economically sound. It's, it's safe and your citizens to be comfortable before anything else. It, and if every country did that, you'd have a pretty 
good and peaceful world. <laughs> but I mean, unfortunately, oh, you would. It's just not. It's not how it works. And but it is. It, it's this. It's this weird, as you say, kind of this weird chaos. I mean, I mean, I guess in the U.S., you know, bringing in the immigrants, you're, you're supposedly at least adding to the Democratic vote, and that's. I guess that's the the cherry picking answer to why they're doing it. Right. But yeah, I, I just wonder because I I see it here in Germany. I don't know if there's a reason. I, I, I mean, other than they hate us, they hate Catholicism. Mm-hmm. They hate the cat. They hate the yeah. Western world. They, I, I don't want to say white people, but I, they, they hate it. You know what? What it's become, yeah. and I think they want it gone, which is a pretty, right. pretty crazy idea. But maybe that's also the case in 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 you know with Biden in Washington D.C. and and I think the good thing is in America is that Americans just aren't going to stand for it. Yeah, I, mean, I think no, Germans just no. kind of unfortunately have this apathy of like, yeah, we do hate ourselves. And it, it's terrible. It's sad. And it's, it's, since, it's since the war that they beat themselves up so much about Hitler and the Nazis that they do actually kind of hate themselves as a country. And I think from that, it makes it easy for the leadership just to be like, yeah, you're terrible. You, you all are awful people. So you have no say. We're going to do everything to save everyone else because you're terrible and evil people. That's and it's unfortunately just what Germans think, but Americans don't. Yeah, so and, it's just not going to happen. Not so, not so much. No. no. Well, and, and I think that I mean there was one of the conversations we were listening to, and I, I want to say at least correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this was I think it was Tucker Carlson. If if you haven't seen Tucker Carlson gave a, a speech in Canada, it was honestly one of the best secular. I mean, obviously it was not a, a sermon or anything, but I mean. As, as secular speeches go, it was one of the best I have ever heard in my entire life. And, and he was, I think it was at the speech where he was talking about um, these people in leadership. And he said, they, these are broken people. Okay. He says, you and me and, and all of us, and you think about this, Kevin, we don't have a lust for power. We don't want to hold power over anybody else. We would like to make the world a better place. Okay. We would like to make the Catholic Family Podcast the best it can be. We would like to spread the gospel throughout the world as best as we can. But we don't want power over anybody else. When you get broken people who have nothing else satisfying in their life and they're broken, what they're going to try to do is hold power over other people so that they can break them as well. And I think you look at the Joe Bidens and the Kamala Harris's and the and the um, Bill Gates and and Klaus Schwab's of the world and all, and that's what you're looking at. You're looking at people who are empty, dead inside, and in order to find some kind of fulfillment in life, they try to do that by oppressing the rest of us. And I think that the what we're where I think we've really gone in the last, and, and really I think this is a war. Our Fort Sumter, we're talking about Fort Sumter moment. Our Fort Sumter moment was Brexit in 19, uh, 2016 and then Donald Trump in 2016 as well. That was our fourth century, and that's when we went to war. And what Donald Trump did, I think more than anything else, he yeah, he accomplished some things. He, he got a Supreme Court that overruled Roe versus Wade, and he brought down gas prices and drilled for energy and all this good stuff. But more to the point, what he did is he made the narrative. He, he got the deep state. He got these broken people to basically shoot all of their ammunition, all of their dirty tricks at him. And in the process, it basically exposed them for who they are. And, so, and, and they've done that. And then they've exposed themselves. And now 
we see them for who they are. We see their games. We see what they're up to. We didn't know this 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, and I know Lisa likes to say that if you told me what well, the state of the world, um, even five or six years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. But I mean, you see it the way it is today. They haven't changed. Mm -hmm. What's changed is that we see them for who they are. And I think that's, that's where Donald Trump deserves a lot of credit. But I think that now it's, it's a little bit like an alcoholic. You see where... Uh, you see the problem for what it is. You admit the problem, and then you can start taking action against it. And so I think we're at the point now where the common man is seeing the problem, and now I think we're on to the phase where we're starting to take action. So what you're going to see, I think, with this, with this immigrant invasion is that at some point or another, as Donald Trump gets closer to, to, um, to, to be reelected in November, you're going to see him say, you know what? Send them all home. Just send them home. And, and you're going to have an entire structure of some really good state governors. You're going to have some, even some, some Democrats who I think are under pressure from their own people who don't want to share resources. They're, they're all going to do it. And we're going to find, we're going to get these, we're going to round them up and, and probably be very merciful and charitable about it and put them on buses and send them home. And, and I think that that's um, the way we're going to handle that. But I think it's also the way we're going to handle a lot of the other problems that plague us. And, and so, I'm talking in a natural sense here and some natural problem. Obviously there's supernatural issues to faith, hope, charity, a church that's defected and all that. And that's, that's probably a conversation for another day because we're not there yet, but um, on a natural level, I do think that things are, are turning for the better. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't really know what to think. I, I, I think that the U.S. does have, there's definitely hope. And I think you see it again, as you said, you see in Argentina, you see it in Hungary. I mean, you do see it around the world that there is some hope. But th then I just see sometimes like you see Macron gets reelected in France. And then the yeah. French go and yeah. dump poop all over the streets of Paris and they'll probably elect him again. It's just it's just like, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but are we in crazy world? It's just like it eventually it gets almost ridiculous. And I mean. And I obviously have the people who think that, that Trump is the Antichrist, which I obviously think is, is silly. But it, it is, it's one of those things that I think it's almost at this point, I've just come to the point where I'm just, okay, I'm just going to wait and see. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, but... I don't, I mean, it's everything's so crazy. There's so much, there's so much going on and so much insanity that it's almost like it's more interesting to sit back and watch. But of course, I mean, it's good to talk about it too. And that's also why we have a, that's why we have a podcast, right. To talk mm -hmm. about these things. But, but I, I at least like, I, I, I think if you're going to think about these things and talk about them, it's important to not only be black pilled. I understand right. sometimes being black pilled. I mean, right now I look at Germany and it's pretty tough not to be pretty black pilled about a lot because Germans just aren't, they're just, they just don't care yet because they're not hurting yet. Once they're hurting, okay, but they're just not hurting yet. So mm -hmm. there's just nothing happening and that's tough to see. But, but I think it's important again to remember that not everything's bad. Not everything is evil just because you don't like Donald Trump and because he's crude and gross and not moral, you know, JFK wasn't either, but right. he was a pretty darn good president. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Abraham why, Lincoln why do you either. think they killed him? I mean, so it's like, you know, I think that, you know, calm down, you know, calm down and, and let's, let's see how it goes. And, and I think it's good to be optimistic. I, and I think, I think optimism, like in this case leads to patriotism. 
Right. Which is a virtue, guys. And again, yeah. that's important. And we just did this, this show a couple of weeks ago about voting with Father McKenna and Louis Vrecchio. And there were moral theologians who said it, it can be a mortal sin not to vote. Now, mm-hmm. there's a caveat, obviously, being that it actually means that it's if you do it because you don't care, if you do it because you're just like, no, it's not my problem. I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah, whatever. I, I hate my country. That actually can be a mortal sin. And that shows you the importance of patriotism and actually caring for your country and doing the best that you can. And if you don't think that voting is going to do that and you come to that conclusion, okay, I'm not saying that's a mortal sin, obviously. But again, the idea being you can't be apathetic when it comes to your country. That is really bad. That is a sinful thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Can I interject something real quick? Yeah, we've been cutting you off, Lisa. (laughs) No, that's okay. This is not usually my, this is not my uh, area of expertise, but I think that um, I saw something the other day that I think would white pill you if you're looking at it from, um, a heavenly perspective. You're you're in heaven, looking down on earth. I think um, I think it was Father Borja or somebody put together a map of all of the places where traditional Sede masses can be offered. And if you remember what it was like 30, 40 years ago, and you look at that map today and those points of light, you know that shine to heaven from heaven, that's a pretty big white pill. I think that if you um, are going to fix any of these problems, that's where it starts. And you know, we've got Lent coming up here. And if you really want to fix the world, obviously vote where it's appropriate to vote. But more mm-hmm. importantly than that, pray and sacrifice. And right. you can fix, you can have an actual part in fixing this. It's far bigger part than any of these stupid politicians out there too. And I think right. that, that's, that, that to me is, I just looking at that map, to me is very, very encouraging knowing that there are so many people and that just the number of people that listen to our podcast, holy mackerel, you know, that's, that's very positive. Oh, it is. I know Kevin, if, if um, here, here's two, two uh, pieces of, of uh, fact that are pretty white pilled. So if you look at, again, at, at um, this speech that, that Tucker Carlson gave up in, in Canada, I think he had 20, he had to rent out a, a football stadium or something like that. And he had something like 20,000 people or something, something yeah. or maybe at least 10, but maybe 20. And and I saw some, some comment along the way that said that was 10 times the size of everybody who watches the, um, the public broadcasting up in Canada during a given year. But, um, but then you've got on the other side, I, I don't even remember the name of the guy, the, the bud, the guy who did the Bud Light commercial, um, the trans trans guy. Um, and, um, he he was given a speech somewhere, and they ran it out of hall, and he didn't get twenty people. I, I don't think yeah. there were twenty people. They didn't even fill up three rows of seats that were like six or eight wide, and yeah. um, and so there, there a lot of what's going on here is the devil is really 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 good at portraying himself as being bigger than right. he really is. It's one of the discussions we've seen lately. It's really fascinating. I, I'm 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 not a fan of rap. I'm not a fan of um of uh, ben shapiro um but i don't know if you heard he's got a rap song out and and uh joe, joe mcdonald or something like that um and and it's like number one in the charts and and they're trying to fight to be number one in the charts for a week and the point being that it's a clean rap song it's a clean rap song yeah right and they are number one in the charts i think but what what they're finding out is that in their quest to get to number one they're finding out all the dirty tricks that the industry plays in order to get their own 
people their own degenerate music to the tops of the charts. And so what you're finding out is that these artists are really not as popular mm -hmm. as we're made out to believe. And, and so they inflate their numbers and, and this kind of chicanery really is, it's everywhere. It's in the financial yeah. markets and politics, media everywhere. Oh, I mean, sorry, real quick. I mean, I know this is kind of going down a rabbit hole, but anybody, anyone, okay, conspiracy theory, tin, tinfoil hat time, put, put it on your tinfoil hats, but the Taylor Swift stuff and <laughs> how the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl and how the NFL has gotten millions of fans and, and Taylor Swift's gotten millions more fans and Taylor Swift is definitely going to endorse Joe Biden when the time comes. That is absolutely no possible way an accident. And I'm not saying it's only yeah. for the, I'm not saying it's all for political side. I'm sure it's all a mixed bag that they're all in it for, for, you know, get, you know, getting money, et cetera. But there is a plan. They are plan. Oh. She is a big yeah. part of this. She is yeah. a part of it. And I, I've really struggled for the last year or so about why Taylor Swift. And she's decently talented. She's okay. She's yeah. not bad. Her music's not that evil. It's, it's not, not terrible. Yeah. good, but it's, it's not like it's not Katy Perry type stuff. And it's like, but why? And I think you just see she's the one they've chosen for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And as you say, Dan, I think you're exactly right. They, they they make it so that she is the biggest. She's the best. And when it comes down to it, her fans, however many there are, maybe there's not as many as they say. They they hope that she's going to swing a big part of the vote. And I, and I think that's an interesting it's, it's a weird place that we're in. Society. Yeah, but it's how people work, though. Think about it. it yeah. If you build it, they will come. Right. If if the people will follow a crowd, so that's what they're banking on. She's middle yeah. of the road enough <laughs> to hopefully pull in a crowd. I right. I think it's stupid. But it's like so the media. Oh my gosh, I'm Taylor Swift. Vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I, and oh, I'm going to take her word for it. Yeah, right. she, she's what? politically savvy. Come on. And the media is putting out this absolutely phony poll. That says that twenty percent of Americans are going to base their vote on what Taylor Swift decides to do, and it's like, are you kidding me? Who's stupid yeah. enough to believe that? TikTokers. I mean, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, woo. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. It's an interesting. I, I, anyway, going to. Uh, sorry, that's yeah, a, a rabbit hole. Know. But I mean, but I mean, it's it's part and parcel of what we're up against here. Yeah, that I think yeah. that I really feel like the dawn of day. Now, this could be, you know, who who knows? Could be something catastrophic coming, but. I really feel like I've been for the longest time. I've been saying for years now that I can't tell whether we're on a downward slide or an upward slide. And within the last couple months or so, I have really been more compelled by the white pilled argument than I had the black pilled argument. And, and I really do pay attention to both and I see merit in both, but I just, I see more in the white pilled argument these days. Well, and I think, I think real quickly, I mean, we'll probably wrap it up here, but I mean, if you look at look at Rome, look at look at Bergoglio. I mean, I think he's a great example. That I think, as you see with Joe Biden, just throwing out, you know, just nuking, just just going scorched earth as he's probably dying. You know, at least that's how he sees it. You know, he doesn't have much time left. So here we go. You know, let's let's just burn it all to the ground. And I think yeah. you see that with him. And it gets crazier and crazier. You know, hell doesn't exist, and gays are fine, and you know, blah 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 blah. And it gets wilder and wilder. And whatever his agenda is heaven help him but I mean, he's just pure destruction it, is, it seems like it but but i mean yeah. if that's the case it's so good it's it's like exactly mm -hmm. what we need in many ways right. now first of all we also of course need a true pope i mean of course that that is truly the one thing that will unify the, the only thing that can unify us all but boy it helps to have the fake pope just go 
bonkers crazy because that's what actually brings people to the light. And it, it, people yeah. are many people. I, I saw that some of these guys that I'm sure you would recognize from the R and R crowd. Oh my, you know, some of these bigger names, not biggest names, but medium names. And they're all having a panel and I'm telling you, they're all kind of like, you know, Sadevic Kantism is, um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, know, it's not so crazy. It was really <laughs> wild. I mean, because these yeah. are guys who for years have been, you can never even consider this. And now it's kind of like, okay, yeah, they've got some good points. Maybe they yeah, had it right all along. Yeah, yeah. You start to see that, 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 that it gets so wild that it's okay. Eventually, maybe this is actually the truth. And well, he just can't be the Pope. And, and you go down that line and then, well, we haven't had a Pope since 1958, et cetera. And, but, but I think you're right. Dad. I, I think that I, I, I'm also not sure either if we're on a downward or upward trajectory. And I think that's, I have, I'm not really sure what I think yet. We either. can't be on a truly upward trajectory until the church is yeah, restored. Right. And, and I think that, I mean, my honest opinion, you hear people, I mean, this is one of the R&R arguments that, that um, say to the contest, believe it's a dead end. I think that humanly speaking, I think that we have reached a dead end, but God can do anything anytime he wants, right? I mean, God can restore the church tomorrow morning if he wants. God allowed this mess to his church. He'll restore it in a time that is pleasing to him in a manner that's pleasing to him. I don't think we can fix that, but we can fix ourselves. We can fix our little communities. We can, you know, go out and we can uh, do our secular things and vote and, and all that. But I mean, mostly we can take our Lent seriously and we can try to, to basically grow in love and union with him. And, you know, when he decides he's going to take on and fix his church, that's that's God's thing to decide. Perfect. Well, that I think that's a good place to end it. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll hopefully be back next week with Matt. Um, we'll see if he's not still sick. Matt, yeah, get, get off. Better, get off. Yeah, get, get better, better, Matt. Get off the couch. You know, come on. Stop being, <laughs> stop being a bum. Get some um, sunshine. You know, your name's on this show, too. You can't be gone all the time. <laughs> but, um, but no, Mom, Dad, I really appreciate it. Uh, I mean, really, really always good to have you guys on. And, and I'm excited to see what, what's going to come out of this Legion Method podcast. Um, and everything else is, that's coming. It sounds super exciting. And I'm, I'm excited for, for the Lent around the world because I think, again, mm -hmm. it's just very different. It's very, it's very Lenten. I mean, it, yeah. it really is. It really changes the, the, the dynamic of the channel. We will also have some podcasts during that time, um, some interviews, but um, a bit less, but really a lot more of this stuff that will, will help us hopefully stay in the mood of, of Lent that is obviously more penitential. And then we'll right. get back fully to it um after easter which is um march 31st this year it's an early easter which is nice I'm, I'm a big fan of early easter so mom and dad thank you very much um we'll talk to you guys again sometime soon hopefully everyone please like share subscribe comment all that stuff it, and it's a good it's a good time already hey if you have questions for my parents about child rearing or Silesian method start start sending them to us now. yeah you know comment on this on this video now um you can email me again kevin 89 davis i'll send it to them um yeah uh anyway Everybody, we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Till then, God bless. God bless.